everybody it's another version of off-road live and our live interview with king of baja perry mcneil perry how are you doing real good thanks for asking you bet um now we understand that uh, uh you uh, experienced a baja race over this past weekend and of course we're going to get to all the details but we want to let everybody know uh this is off-road live your humble host monster mike and on the line Perry McNeil, King of Baja, giving us a race report. And, of course, we want to thank our friends for being here with us, and that is Ram Trucks and, of course, the rest of our great friends alongside us this entire year. And we greatly appreciate your your friendship. And that, of course, is Hard Rock, Marlboro, Red Bull, Budweiser, and, of course, BajaSafari.com, the King of Baja. Now, Perry, what race did you compete in this weekend? Um, it has the best uh, race of the season uh, record. It's an it's a outfit in Ensenada that puts on five or six races a year. And they're ro- very well organized. Uh, they, every day they have more and more races. They had over 200 entries this year, which is uh, phenomenal. They've had more other years, but uh, and it usually... Next year, it's not like I'm do it for sure, but uh, they hook up with with uh, code and have a double, well, not a double point race, but if you're racing code and record, which I usually do, I race both series, then I can race one race and, and put points on, on my board for one race and put points on, on, on both my agendas for code and for record. But um, yeah, I was surprised they had, uh, had a, man, just every class was just loaded Except for trophies, only a couple of trophies and and uh, maybe half a dozen class ones. But there was a uh, man. There was tons of five sixteens, one sixteens, elevens. They're crazy down there. Like twenty, at least twenty of them, I guess, took off also. And uh, there's twenty class sevens. You know, you know, in my race score, there's five or six class sevens in any given point. And we uh, we had a uh, we had over you know, like twenty uh, class sevens in this in this uh, race that took off. So we're it's it's it's, a, it's getting to be a real uh, maybe a threat to score <laughs> maybe as, as many cars race you know they even had some people coming from down south on Loreto I mean Loreto and I, somebody from the Paz race I think uh, five sixteen and stuff 
but it's starting to draw people from from near and far, you know, because it uh, pays well. It's inexpensive to to race. Um, uh, Three hundred dollars in your your racing, you know, instead of three thousand, you know, with score, whatever. It's just it's a big there's a big difference there money wise, you know. So it, it's getting uh, which is probably good for score because it, it preps people. Those guys down here, they say, well, I want a championship down here. Remember, maybe I can go race for and get some sponsors going from, from winning a, um, a a championship and, you know, a year, year's uh, points uh, championship and uh, maybe get some sponsors and go play around the big boys. You know? But but it's really, it's, it's uh, uh, I don't drive any harder to win a score race than I do these races down These guys know what the hell they're doing. They've been, <laughs> been beating the bushes for a long time. And so they uh, they know the course, they know the cars, they prep them themselves, they build them themselves, pretty much a lot of them. They're, but they're good, they're good vehicles. They have good parts on, them, good shocks, good motors, good transmissions and stuff. And they pretty much build the, the body, the, the stuff themselves, or the, their frames and stuff to some extent. Five sixteens and the seven and stuff. Most of those cars are all built in Mexico. But um, you know they they drive hard. I can I, I have to drive. I don't drive any harder in a score race, like I say, to win in any of the classes. Then I have to in in this uh, in code or record. You know, code is is out of Mexicali, and they uh, and they they're doing real well. They have you know 100 over 100 entries, 150 entries, you know 180 entries entries almost every race also, and so they're and they they kind of compete against each other. And some guys, you know, I, for four years I raced both series and and won both series for four years in a row. Won a championship, you know, but. Uh, so it's really fun when they put two together. That way, I get uh, it's like racing two races in one for me. You know, cause I was racing both entities, you know. But uh, no, no yeah, question about race. it. Now you, now you've done a great job in introducing everybody to the lay of the land. Uh, uh, a record is a um, uh, independent series racing series that operates out of Ensenada, Baja California. And uh, you're absolutely right, uh, uh, Perry. You know the racers across the board can see the clear value in racing uh, these uh, neighborhood uh, series events uh, because it's just simply a good price for a good racing experience. Yeah, exactly. So the the uh, the value is clearly there, and and that also is reflected in the code series. But you're absolutely right when uh, when the race series get together. And then they offer it as a dual points. Uh, that is a you know you're just for for real big racers. That is just a marvelous marvelous thing. Now let's talk about uh, this weekend just in general terms, um, if we could, and then we'll get to your race experience. So you're down there. Uh, you're uh, uh, at contingency. What was the weather like at contingency? Um. It was uh, it messed things up a little bit. It was it would uh, it would rain. I mean, it didn't rain. It just you know you had it was just misting and, and it, it was it was good. It didn't affect anybody at all. We got people out of the back a little bit wet a couple of times from from uh, often coming and then missed missed pretty hard and stuff. And but it was it was good as far as it was really nice. It was never any dust, never any dust at all in the, in the race. Well, course. well, I'm talking about contingency only. But, I'm just talking yeah. about what was it like in Ensenada? What was it like? Yeah, it wasn't bad at all. I said uh, once in a while, just some little showers had come, you know, during the, during the day and during the contingency, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't one of those things where they almost had to cancel or 
or I'll, I'll go inside and else, you know, just uh, people get a little bit out of the 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 rain a little bit you know but uh, oh but it no it's it's it a possible. desert race it's a desert race nobody's going to cancel <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah it's like it's like a step above football i mean uh you know uh, part of the the lore and and part of the allure of uh, of this huh. uh activity is that you get outdoors damn it yeah <laughs> right okay so yeah. uh so contingency had you had some showers roll through now contingency was on friday right yes friday friday night huh from okay like, uh, six to midnight actually okay so it was after the sun went down and then uh so the next day saturday uh what was the weather like uh starting at the start line um man sunny sunny weather one hundred percent little a little cool Real, real nice. Um, as far as uh, racing conditions, were were ideal. You know, it's I think it's wet. And, and there, there were some puddles that we had to negotiate. I run a windshield in my race car because for a whole bunch of reasons, there's nothing negative about a windshield at all. Um, you can go faster. You you know you're not you're not taking all that air in in into the cockpit. It's the windshield and goes over and actually uh, creates an airstream over your spare tires and everything back there. You can actually go faster. With the windshield, the knot. No, there's a, those are good conditions because it keeps the dust down, and it, it also uh, keeps if there is any uh, uh, dust, the wind blows it off. Yeah, exactly. it doesn't linger and sit there like a veil where you can't see anything. Well, how was the now you get into and we'll talk about the race experience in a second, but you get into San Felipe and what's the weather like in San Felipe? Same way, just gorgeous, gorgeous weather, just perfect, perfect weather. Like it's, it's a little cool all weekend, but uh, I never put a jacket on the whole weekend, uh, and that's how. You know, so it was, I got cold, you know, but not where. Oh, I'm, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm gonna freeze if I don't get a jacket. It was, it was cool, but not, not, you know, like unbearable even without a jacket on. It was just perfect well, for the race. Well, that's that's the reason why I brought it up. I wanted to talk about the conditions first, and the reason why we had a a pretty strong uh, cold front roll through the region, and it's the first one, really, this is the first winter uh, uh, storm of the season, and it and really it didn't pack much of a punch. There was a little bit of rain, not much, but uh, what it did do is it actually improved things, um, and I know that uh, in San Felipe, the weather was actually very seasonable, and, uh, you know, not much rain gets down to San Felipe. You know, you get some wind, but... Uh, you know, once you get down there, as a matter of fact, uh, I, I know a lot of desert racers who don't want to leave. San Felipe is uh, uh, it's a good, you know, it's a it's a nice place, good time. And, uh, you know, once you get down there, you don't want to run off real quick. Um, okay, so let's talk now uh, about your particular race experience. Um, and l- let's talk uh, in the forefront uh, from your racing experience in this record race, a race from Ensenada, Baja, California to San Felipe, which is a just a classic run, uh, a, a great point-to-point desert off-road race. Um, in years past, what classes have you raced in the record race in this in this event? Uh, pretty much all of them. I've raced class one. I've raced my class eight. I've raced class five, uh, seven. Um, pretty much yeah, in class twelve. Uh, yeah. Class so 12 you've you've been a, you've been around the block a couple of times with this series. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Sure. And and now when you show up to contingency, what what class did you show up to race in? 
This year we race uh, class it's uh, class seven. It's a, actually a sport, uh, Ford Explorer Sport track with the, the little truck. It's like a little truck with four doors in it. And I, I build it. Actually, it's my pre owner It's not even my race truck. But I I don't uh, I sold my my race trucks. So I've been racing this <laughs> my little pre owner But I I build it totally totally legal. I've raced it in score before, so it's totally uh, two inch uh, one twenty one chromoly. So it's a totally legal vehicle to drive in class seven in uh score and i've been racing that in in, in code and, and record down here just for for kicks you know but it, it it does real well it's a heavy car it's got four doors on it it weighs it weighs somewhere around seven eight thousand pounds and, and the normal race truck is like three to four you know so we're so, we double the, the weight uh, yeah so you bike. show up in a class seven and and there's a reason why uh you showed up for this race where, where were you in the points we were, it's kind of like whoever won this race would, would win the points. And uh, I wasn't even aware that, that, that I was in the points. I hadn't been keeping track, you know. And they called me up and asked me to go race. I said, no, nah, I don't know. We'll, we'll, maybe maybe yes, maybe no. It's staying. If you win the race, you could you could take the points uh, championship for the year. <laughs> and then it's, it's worth going down to, to race. You know? So we, we uh, Who called you? The, um, the guy, the organizer, the race organizer. Uh, okay. Sure, race. sure. Okay. And so we, uh, so we showed, showed up. We worked on the car for about two, three days, and you know, checked everything out, and uh, and then we just got through pre the the thousand in it. So we just pretty much checked the fluids and a couple of the welds, and we had to weld a couple of tubes or something on that were they were cracked. I don't know where the, the guys found stuff on it, and um, aired it up and nitrogen in the shocks and went racing pretty much. You know, but, uh, nice, nice. Okay, a, so you so you show up, you show up on Saturday morning to race. Who are your competitors? Uh-huh. Who who do you know that is uh, racing uh, uh, for that class seven? Um, they're just a bunch of all Mexicans. Every one of them, I think, was uh, well, except for Brandon Walsh. He was probably the only Gringos there. He, he and I were probably the only Gringos I can think of that, that raced uh, in class seven. Uh, he rolled his truck there at Hamal. I don't know why. It's kind of kind of out in the open. I don't know, maybe both spindle or something. And, Locked up on him, but he was, he, when he rolled, he shouldn't have rolled. There's nothing there, so I don't know why he was upside down when, when we went through. But uh, he, we were about the only two Gringos in Class 7. There were a lot more Americans there in Class 1. And in fact, Class 1, I think there was probably half a dozen of them, and they were all, I think, all, almost everyone that uh, raced Class 1 might have been uh, Americans that raced down there. Uh, but so how many other competitors were there in total uh, uh, to race against you in that class? 19. Okay. 19 class 7, Joe, which... All right, I've so never, there's only never... one other guy who could win by, by crossing the finish line first. Yes, uh-huh. I gotcha. All right, so uh, so you start off the race uh, uh, at what location outside of Ensenada? Actually, what they, they had at uh, right 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 downtown T-Drive there by Papa's and Beer. They had the contingency in, in, a, in a real nice open space right there that they have all the time. Yeah, at, en- at Ensenada, at, at uh, Papa's and Beer. Mm, just around the, the corner from the, at, uh, La Prision, they have a big, right. big uh, parking lot there. So they, they emptied up, and, and then <clears throat> they let us have that, that thing every year there for, 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 um, for contingency and, and tech. And so we... Um, they um, had the Canadian Tech there uh, Friday night, and then Saturday morning they wanted everybody to be there staging at seven, 
to leave Ensenada in, in like a false start from Ensenada and every go leave and go in a uh, in a single lane single line all the way out to Piedras Gordas, which is like halfway to Ovenados. Now, is that is that the normal way that they would handle a, a a start for that event with a ceremonial start? This is like the second or third time they've done it, and it worked out pretty good. Uh, they have started right there in Ensenada. But it just takes so many so many police to, to police the area and and, uh, and go through. We have to go through all the little 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 towns leaving Ensenada. Uh, it takes a, it takes a lot of people to make that happen. So. Um, Usually he starts in, in these races start out in Ojos Negros, but uh, it's good for publicity for, for, for the for Ensenada, and then we get down to San Felipe. It's really good for for San Felipe, you know. But uh, so they, uh, they say uh, it's one or the other. But they, this is about three times now we've started that and, and formed a single line and gone out to uh, what we used to call the Pepsi stand. Mm-hmm. Now. Excuse me, but anyway, and then uh, we go in there like a mile in there, and, and there's a big ranch that's a big flat uh, uh, backyard of this ranch that's in there, and then we they uh, stage right there, and and you come pretty much take off for the second time, and then uh, that the race officially starts right there, time wise and everything. And uh, how much? Like how much does it cost? Yeah, how much does it cost to enter uh, uh, this record race? It was actually about. Uh, about five hundred dollars uh, total because we had to pay um, like three hundred dollars for entry fee, two hundred dollars for insurance, and then the trackers were I think forty dollars for the trackers they put on our vehicle. So uh, pretty close five hundred dollars total, which is you know pocket change pretty much for uh, not for you know not pocket change for a lot of people, but but you're not talking two or three thousand dollars at just entry fee race day, which is that's a lot of money you know to take out of your Big den in your in your wallet, you know, to, you know, that kind of money. You know, but, uh, no, thank you, thank you for telling me about the ceremonial start. That's really important. Uh, I think, as a matter of uh, uh, procedure, I think it's a great idea that uh, uh, that's a structured, organized drive out to the start line. Yeah, two hundred yeah, cars. That's a that's a long line, and they had the you know, police. It all is policed all the way, and they stopped off all the all the. The cross the crossways until all the way through and and uh, very well organized you know and all the way through town and never stopped once going all the way through town to you know, stop sign or stop light or or cross traffic down. It's just the, the, there's probably twenty police on on their motorcycles and, and cars and they stopped all the the through affairs were all stopped while we went through and it's like a funeral procession pretty much it, it, uh, it's real nice and. Uh, and then you, you, when you stage in here in, in Sonata, and if you don't, if you get a late start, you can kind of go catch up with the procession and 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 uh, pull into where you're supposed to be because he wants you, when you get to the ranch, he wants you to try to be in, in line so that not a big old rigmarole or something come up clear from behind and try to get through. And and it's kind of a one-way one way deal like this. It's really, if, if you don't park way, way on the side and let the cars come through that they're late entries or something, now, uh, hey Perry, no, at this at this ranch where the uh, uh, the uh, real start, the actual start occurred, um, uh, where you say uh, uh, you noted as the old uh, Pepsi stand, Pepsi sign stand, is there uh, camping or any kind of uh, uh, fan services out there for people that want to see the start of the event? I suppose if you wanted to 
go out the night before and set up uh, a camper, and there'd be no problem whatsoever. I mean, you'd be welcome, totally, totally going to go out there and watch the takeoff. Not too many people go out there to watch, other than people just maybe go taking out there the last uh, fuel or this or that, or to, to fall out there and make sure they they take off. Yeah, I was surprised. <laughs> I was really surprised on on the highway. There's like five broken down cars on the highway that pulled out of the, out of the procession. And I thought, they haven't even started the race yet, and they're already off the side of the road working on the cars, you know, <laughs> which just blew me away that that many on the highway, even, you know, then, I don't know how many from, they go in maybe, maybe four, four or five miles in from the highway to, to start this race, you know, they actually go straight into the, the old race course pretty much, and there's, uh, you start right there at the ranch, the ranch house, you know, but, uh, so they, uh, they, uh, and then they, they gave them exactly two hours from the time they actually staged at eight and left in Sonata. They actually gave them like like two hours to get out there and get get situated and get ready for the for the green flag. Okay, and so uh, what time was the uh, green flag scheduled for for everybody? Uh, ten o'clock. Okay, so first, ten, first, ten o'clock uh, and yeah, first first uh, classes are off. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, 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 your uh, race experience from the start line uh, to the finish. Actually, my son Mark uh, started the race. Uh, I was going to because I know that, that and I know that so well. I've been over she's a hundred times at least, both directions probably from all the years of racing. But uh, but my son uh, Mark, I said, hey, if you want to start, great. If you want to, yeah, I think you're better at taking care of the vehicle down to the rest stop. Let me let me start start the race. So he did, and uh, did real well. He's uh, I was waiting for him to hold nails, and he was the fifth fifth truck there out of. He started fifteenth. He was number seven seven one five, and so there was fourteen trucks in front of him, and, and he came in fifth place on the highway at uh, Ojo Negros, and then uh, down at El Lalo, there's another stretch of highway, and he came in third, and then uh, we saw him back in there a little bit later, he was second, and. And he was just uh, catching and passing first place in his class and uh, hit a rock. And that was, they were down for like 20 minutes changing the tire because it, it, it actually broke the tire out. He hit so hard, you know, so. Well, uh, and let me, let me refer people who are listening. You're listening live to Off-Road Live. This is uh, uh, Perry McNeil, King of Baja, talking about his race experience at the recent uh, co- uh, record race uh, between uh, Ensenada and San Felipe this past weekend. And let me also mention to our listening audience that uh, stay tuned for next week's show. Uh, Mark McNeil will be on, and he'll talk about his race experience at this event uh, next week. But we've got Perry on right now. So he hit a rock, and go ahead with your story. So it put him out for like 20 minutes because they, they broke a tire rod when they, when they hit, the, hit the rock. So it's a good-sized rock, like twice the size of a basketball, that uh, somebody had rolled down onto the race course, uh, either on accident or on purpose. We don't know which. Uh, and he couldn't go around it, you know, so he he hit it like it's been maybe 40, 50 miles an hour, and, and it broke a rim and, and blew a tire out, So and then broke a tire rod, so they had to put a tire rod in right there on the spot and, and change the tire rod out. So, and they, and this is a real unique race. Uh, what you do is you, you race to to uh, Trinidad, and as you're coming down the goat trail, when you get down the, on the highway, they, they put a sticker on there and put your time the exact time that you that you show up there, and then when they uh, and exactly when I if you show up at one o two, at two o two you start the race again down in in San, in, uh, San Matias, right there where that awesome burrito place is, you know. But uh, the last the last little uh, uh, restaurant or last little place in, in San Matias, south going southbound, 
there's a big bunch of parking spot, uh, areas right there. So uh, they they, re- they have a restart right there exactly one hour after you you drop down in the goat trail, you know, which is so it's kind of kind of unique, kind of cool. The Parker 400 for years and years did that. We used to race on California and Arizona side, so they would you run one lap the California side. And when you finished, they put your sticker on there at the exact time. And one hour later, you took off in Arizona and did two laps on the Arizona side. And that was really, really unique and cool because it kind of gave you a, a breather. And and if you you know you had something bent or broke or, or something needed to be replaced, and it gave you a whole hour to, to trailer your vehicle over to Arizona, Arizona, which is only like maybe five miles or ten miles away. And then uh, you could work on your vehicle all you wanted to up until, you know, and then take the green flag again in Arizona. And this is the same same situation. It's pretty cool because you, um, that way you don't have to worry about uh, racing on the highway and, and having uh, cops with uh, with their radar gun, gun on you and all this stuff. And, and uh, you know, going 100 miles down on the highway and, and causing accidents and stuff. So it's pretty cool. You just pull it, and it's kind of laybacks. So you go in there and you actually... We didn't have any breakfast. We had breakfast there in, in Trinidad pretty much, you know, while we worked on the truck. And uh, anyway, I got all, all done, and then I took over the driving privileges from there and uh, drove down the highway at uh, a speed limit also of 50 miles an hour all the way down to San Matias. We got there exactly 30 seconds before, before we were supposed to take off, so we worked on the vehicle quite a while, uh, getting all ready, and then uh, uh, everybody changing out their their overalls and helmets and because my sport track runs four people, and I run four people all the time in it. So I got three. It's really, really fun because I raced class one for, oh, 15, maybe 15 years, way back when, back in the 70s and 80s. And um, you try you try to re, re, recount your, the story of the race or something, and they say, yeah, 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 or something. No. But here you have three witnesses, so you can't lie. You have to, what you tell is it's not a fish story because you have three witnesses. And it's, it's really cool because you can, you know, you you live in how you caught and passed so and so, and you bumped them and they passed them, and you saw somebody roll it or whatever. It's just real. It's it's just that you relive, you relive the race so many times after the race because everybody's like, yeah, yeah, you all remember this, remember that, you know. And in class one, it's kind of boring because you know people don't really care what happened to some effect. They don't. It's probably fifty percent of it's probably true, and the other fifty percent is is a, a big fish story, you know. But uh, once I once I raced the class, uh, I went from class one to class eight, and I had a co-driver. And I thought, "Dang, this is cool having somebody to to live relive this this race with and help you change the tire and and all this stuff." And it was just awesome with with two people. And I started running three people in my truck, which is even better and um, less expensive actually because they you know the co-drivers put up some money to to get in, uh, you know, help out with some of the expenses. And then I thought, dang, if, if two is better than one and three is better than two, then four is even better. So I, I feel like I got a bus back there. I got four people in the race, race at all times. And it's, it's awesome. It's so much fun in, in that sport track because you're all four people are, are living the, the same experience that you're experiencing, you know? Yeah. And you get two guys to help you with the, uh, the, the, the uh, breaking the spare out and replacing the flat tire. Yeah, you know, when I have three, when he, when I race my sport track, I don't I don't get out. I don't even get out to change tire before I would do most of the work. And even in, in my three seater, my my Ranger had had three seats in. And I, I would still all three get out. I would I would take get the jack and jack it up. And the other guy was getting the taking the lug nuts off. And the other guy was getting the spare tire down. So it was really fast. I mean, and 
you know, 30, less than a minute, we can, we, 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 we could change the tire between the three of us, you know? And I, that once I let it down, I, I put the jack way, I'm back in the vehicle, strapping up and they strap up as we, as we take off, you know, I don't, at least I, I'm back in them while they're still tightening down that, uh, that new tire on the, on the car. And the other guy's putting the, the tire and rim back away on the back and cinching that down. I'm in cinching myself down and, and we jump in and take it easy for the first, you know, two, 300 yards while they buckle, buckle themselves in and we're on, we're on our way, you know, so it's, it's, um, it was really fast, but anymore, I don't, I'm almost, you almost, uh, one, four guys, almost one of them's in the way. So I thought, so I don't even get out of the car anymore. I just stay there and let the three guys jump out and do the, do the thing. And, and still within a minute of, uh, from the time we stopped to the time we take it off, we're on our way, you know, with, uh, especially with the impacts and stuff, you know, so it, it's, uh, but yeah, racing with four people, is just awesome. You, you, you I felt like, a, I felt so selfish for so many years after I got into a, a, a two seater. I felt like it was such a real selfish not being able to, to take my family and take my pit crews and take all these people for a ride in the race car, you know, and I thought I will never, ever in my life race a class one again, a, a single seat vehicle of any sort, because, um, I, I feel like it's a selfish deal. At least that one other person lived this, this, uh, it's such a bitch and it's such a high, you know, racing and, and passing and hitting and, and flying and so on and so forth. It's, it's such a high and, you you do it by yourself and it's you're kind of i felt so selfish after i say after i finally started racing uh vehicles with multiple seats in them uh dang i, I, I should kind of screwed up for 15 years racing that in my class one car and when i could have been living that up with all my kids and and my my wife and, you know my wife's raced with me a whole bunch of times and my uh all my brothers and sisters and you know, everybody everybody's involved now you know and with four seats I can take half of uh, Ensenada racing with me, you know, pretty much, you know, four seats and you know, they go a hundred, you know, a hundred, 200 miles and jump out and take on another, another three people back there, you know, so it's awesome. Well, that's, that was a great description, Perry. Wonderful uh, uh, description of what, you know, what desert racing is all about. So uh, we're, we're now, uh, re- we're racing the Ensenada to San Felipe record race that happened this weekend. Uh, you're racing class seven. Uh, where are we on the race course right now? And in, in, uh, uh, talk us through to, to the finish line in San Felipe. Okay, we uh, we start right there. Say we have the restart, and we actually pitted right there in Ensenada in Trinidad in Valley of Trinidad, Valley T as everybody calls it, the Gringos. And then uh, it's like a twenty minute drive down to San Matias on the highway, so at fifty miles an hour. So I we went down there, and, and uh, I got there thirty seconds before I before my takeoff and then they uh so i pulled up there and they they gave us a green flag once again and then uh it's like 100 miles 120 miles to uh, valley t and like 100 miles from there to san felipe but and, and the first part section of the, of the race is real technical real you're up in the pine forest and stuff it's real, real a lot of fun the second part is uh kicking the butt it's it's you know it's just, uh it's rough and it's tough and it's Usually hot and dry, and cause you're down in in the now you're down in the desert, you know. So it's uh, and we've raced over that for so many years. I mean, clear back in the Mexico, even the Mexico one uh, one thousand goes through that same course and did way back when. So it's it's been just beat to 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 death, you know. And so it's really it's really rough course. I mean, I, my my truck has probably twenty cracks in in different places. Finally, get fatigued and 
I think it's finally time to build it, start looking to, to build me a new sport track or something to, to pre-run in. But anyway, it's... Um, so that's the, se- that's the section, essentially. That's the rough part. Yeah, exactly. It's super, super. It's just it never. It's it's un- unforgiving. Never, it never, it never gives up. There's no, there's not a hundred yards that say, okay, here we can we can get on the gas and and enjoy the piece of freeway. There is none of that hardly at all. From Ensenada, I mean, from uh, San Matias all the way to San Felipe, it's just just whoops and whoops and whoops and rocks and and gotchas all the way down, you know. But uh, so and we uh, and it's kind of uphill sand a lot of it, you know. And so my transmission started getting real warm. So we had to actually stop, cool it down with water, and then take uh, one of my LED lights off. It was covering up one of the of the airways uh, through my grill. Took that off, and then for some reason, somehow or another, my my uh, uh, oil transmission oil fan on the cooler it, it stopped working. So that's the reason I was having I never had overheating problems. But also, I it was up to 250, 270, 60, 78 degrees, and 300 degrees. It'll catch on fire. Actually, it'll. When that that oil comes out of that that uh, out of your transmission at 300 degrees, it, it comes out uh, fire. When it, the minute it hits the oxygen, it actually drips drips of, of like like a, a fire coming out down on the ground. You know, so I was right there the next to blowing my transmission. So I took it easy until I got uh, uh, cooled down, connected the fan back up, took that LED light off, then I and I was 180 200 all the rest of the way to San Felipe. And that's pretty much the only problem we had. We had no downtime other than than, uh, than the tranny cooler getting hot on us, and uh, flew all the way all the way down to my wife, my son. Like I say, got he was up to in the first place in in his section, and then uh, when I got back in the truck, he was uh, we were down to sixth place, you know. And so we got back up to uh, back up to second place, and then in correct time, we ended up in third place because uh, there's one one truck that finished pretty close to me and uh and I, I i wouldn't have won the race but i i, I ended up getting uh i ended up getting second i mean getting third but i would have gotten second for sure and maybe even first place but i was telling you on the phone yesterday that uh the uh about two or three miles from from uh the finish line these dang spectators had put up a big old uh speed bump but the speed bump's like two feet tall and it's square you know if, it, if they make a ramp i'm I'll fly and put on a show for me, you know, if it's a, if it's some type of a, of a speed bump, it's going to, I can fly. And if I can fly 20, 30, 40, 50 feet, I'll do it for, you know, put on the show if I can. But these guys don't know how to build a ramp. They start, they, they actually like a two uh, foot speed bump, you know, and um, I didn't see it till too late. And then, so rather than getting on the brakes, I actually got on the gas and hit it, you know, hit it. And I, I came down on, on the front. Cause uh, when you have a square, uh, yeah, like that. The front seems to suck it up, but the back doesn't. It always uh, tends to kick you. And this kicked me real bad. And I came down on my front bumper, and, and I had rocks and sand and gravel all over my my hood because I was right next to endoing. I mean, if it dug in just a little bit more, I, I would have endowed my my truck. There. You know, it's, it's a hundred thousand dollar vehicle or, or more, and there's four there's, there's four souls in, in inside that vehicle. It, not that was going to happen to the four of us if we did if we had it, it it could be pretty serious who knows you know and i drove for like a mile and i got and the more i drove the the more upset i got the more upset i got and finally i, I said screw it and so i took the u went back and i went right through the middle of their of their campsite and took out a motorcycle a quad a barbecue pit and a big big old um 
uh, ice chest full of water, full of beer, I guess, you know. And um, took out their toys, few. took out their toys and their drinks. Yeah, and I, I wanted to hit a vehicle. I wanted to hit one of them cars or something, you know, put a little bash or something. They, they deserve that. They totally, totally deserve to have, you know, put it back in their in their lap, you know. And I, um, and but I didn't. Uh, but I thought if I hit hit them and, and I, I get stuck in the sand because it's all sand, that whole area is sand, you know. I said they're going to get out and beat the crap out of all of us. I didn't, I didn't think about that when I flipped the you the first time, you know. But I got, you know, if if I was to uh, kill this this motor, die on me, or, or have to reverse it back up, I'd, I'd be in, in trouble. So I just hit, went right through the damn little uh, hamp sign, just took out everything I could <laughs> on on the way through. And then uh, when I got to the finish line, I told uh, the the race director, I said, you know what? I said, about two or three miles back there, there's this big old speed bump that's really dangerous, you know. And I said, you're not expecting that. You come around the corner, you know, come down. I did, I did like 80 miles an hour when I when I hit that thing, and the just about ended me. I saw, so I told myself, they somebody still might lose it. Yeah, we'd heard it, but then nobody would tell them where it was at. They just said, yeah, there's a big old speed bump back there, and almost ended their their vehicles. You know, especially the faster vehicles that they're they're doing 80 plus miles an hour. I was only doing like 80, but uh, which is full throttle for my truck. But I've been doing 120 or like a totally truck or a class one was probably doing and they might have set that up after the first few cars went through i don't know if they're still working on it when i went through you know but so so they got a couple of cops up there. i never did ask to see what they if they handcuffed some people up there and took them to jail and done something that they they need to set a set president for stuff like that because you know that's why we pre-run we pre-run us here at the race course of life and all of a sudden we have uh, an uh, unforeseen uh big old rock in the road like my son hit uh, and which is a prime example, we it put us a, that rock that somebody either another it might have been another a vehicle had rolled that rock into the into the race course. Uh, it wasn't there when we pre ran, so it might have been another vehicle hit it, knocked it in the race course, and or a spectator or a rancher somebody might roll it rolled it into the deal. So and you you have to drive knowing that this not going to be 100 percent, you know, the, the way you saw it a week before. But when these guys make a big old ramp like that, and they didn't make, they don't make the ramp for you to fly; they make the ramp to make you endo. You know that 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 doesn't fly with me. You know, so I I felt good about what I did. It's probably maybe the wrong thing to do, but uh, uh, shit, I'm, I I just paid two hundred and twenty dollars insurance. <laughs> if they want to claim insurance on what I mutilate, I have third party insurance. They're covered. What's a big deal? You know, but they're not they're not about to come forward and say, hey, you know, this, we we built this big ramp and. And um, Perry came and went through our camp and, and told out our couple of our vehicles and stuff. They're not about to come forward to say that, you know. Well, Perry, so, no explanation is necessary. You completely uh, talked through the entire experience, uh, which we greatly appreciate. Uh, wonderful, wonderful storytelling. Um, so you get past that challenge, and then and you cross the finish line. Uh, what were the festivities like uh, for the finish line and the award ceremony uh really 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 bitchy. i like the way they set up the takeoff and the finish because they had a uh, they had the the real finish right there at the, at the arches as you come into San Felipe, they had the and you, you get on the on the highway maybe 100 yards before the arches right there which is that's where uh San Felipe officially starts is where the arches are pretty much and so you come on the highway like 100 yards before there, and then uh, which is good because you're not you're not stopping the dirt, you're stopping on good pavement and stuff, you know. And you come there, and they they take your time, and and uh, and then they they want you to go on into um, uh, right on the Malecon, right on the beach, right there, 
uh, not on the sand, but on the, the, the big thoroughfare that goes right on, on the beach there. And they, uh, they had some other, some more archers right there, Takati archers or whatever, and the, you know, the Takati girls and all that stuff. Really, 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 really nicer finish there than, than elsewhere. And then you, you park your vehicle right there on the beach and, and uh, get out and, and festivity start, you know, really, really party time right after, right there. That's when party time starts. So it's, it's really cool in there and plenty of room to walk around and shoot the bull and see what the other vehicles look like to finish. And, and they're all there, all the, all, Hundred vehicles right there, right there at the finish line, which is really, really cool. You got to go see who and what, when, where, and see who won, and and see why you saw somebody's bedside back there on the race course, and and, and ask them why, and they hit a cow or hit a. Now this, a now this was on vehicle. this was on Sunday, right? Saturday. Oh, so so you did do the race, and you have the award ceremony all on the same day. No, the awards was on was on uh, actually on Sunday at one o'clock. Oh, okay, gotcha. Same place, and, same right, right there at Rocket uh, at uh, Rocket Isle. I'm sure you know where Rocket Isle is, but um, right there, Rocket Isle. That in they have a big patio, big big patio uh, deal inside, and the the so the race was there. At, uh, the the race results stuff was were posted there, and all the pictures, people selling pictures and t-shirts, and all along. It was really really nice, really nice. Nice. Setup. So they and had then, the, uh, they had the, all the race results posted for you. Yeah, on, on uh, Sunday morning they they posted all the the who did what, and then at one o'clock was were the ceremony. So we stuck around for the ceremony and got our trophy and our our check and came on home. Nice, nice. Well, that's a that's a great race experience. Uh, we want to salute the uh, folks at Record uh, out of Ensenada for uh, uh, putting on a a great event. Did they? Did, was there any talk amongst the racers about next year's series? Uh, no, huh? Uh, because uh, they're going to be holding all their traditional races. Uh, uh, the same thing that I think you mentioned is that uh, next year Code and Record will be doing more events uh, uh, co-sponsored together. So I think it'll be uh, more of uh, an opportunity for Americans, international racers, to come down and have a great experience with uh, all of the desert racing community from uh, uh, Baja, California. I think uh, uh, we've already decided we're going to be covering several of the events next year. And um, we certainly... Uh, are jealous of uh, the great race experience and all the festivities in Ensenada and San Felipe and can't wait for next year when we uh, start participating more in those events. We're looking forward to it. Um, and, Perry, any any last words about uh, how you finished in the season points and, and what you're planning on doing for next year? Um, don't have any real plans for next year. Um whether I race my vehicle or race, I've, I've been racing. There's an, an outfit called uh, a race team called um, Amigo Tech. They're based out of Tijuana, and they um, they do a lot of electronic stuff for the for the American military. And so they they have two or three vehicles, and I I'm I'm able to race one of those almost every every race during during this the season. And so. Depending on how they're doing financially and so on and so forth, I'll probably uh, end up racing one or one of their vehicles uh, throughout the year, or mine, or ride somebody else as far as that goes. I'd love to get into a class one or a, or a trophy truck or something that's got horsepower again, like I used to race before, you know. But uh, these smaller classes are fun, but they're not. I just, I, 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 it's fun to feel the horsepower when you get on that, nail that right pedal. It's fun to feel that that uh, that uh, that speed, you know. And, 
the needs for speed, like they say, you know, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, uh so I, I, I race usually most of the record races and most of the cold races. If we're, if we have our stuff ready to go up and ready, ready if we have a race vehicle, we're there. We're actually, it's, uh, I can, uh, my co-drivers help, help drive, uh, help, I mean, help, uh, you know, pay the entry fees and the gas and so on and so forth, you know? And, uh, so as long as it's not real expensive for, to, you know, if you're going to go spend two or three, four thousand dollars for the weekend, then, then I can afford to, to go race if I can, you know, get some help from the, my co-driver stuff. And, and we, we generally win. So it's not like they're getting in a losing, a losing vehicle. They'll, they'll, they will probably be first place at the, at the finish line and be part of, of the whole, you know, the first, first place team, you know? So it's, uh, usually have people backed up, uh, wanting to climb in the vehicle and it's an experience. It's, it's like, a like the going to magic mountain, but rather than being on the roller coaster for 30 seconds, you're on, you're in there for three or four hours, you know, so it's a, a four hour roller coaster ride. And it's the only place in the world where you can actually come up and if the guy don't move over and you honk, you'll more, you can, you can, you can blast him. I never do, you know, hard. I'm mean, I'll push him out of the way. So once in a while or something like that, but it's the only place in the world that that's legal to do. <laughs> you know, if you get somebody from behind you're, you you got to pay for it, and you're going to go to jail. But not in off-road racing. You know, if they don't pull over, you're it's, you're totally in your right to tap them and they'll move out of the way, and you keep on going. So it's it's exciting when you're doing both doing 80, 100 miles an hour through the whoops, and you have to go tap the guy in front of you. It, it gets pretty exciting. So it's you know you're on two wheels and you're sliding and slipping and going through water puddles and missing trees, and it's it's just it's a it's a blast from the from the get go. For like I say, it's a two or three hour roller coaster ride. You know, you you pay good money to get on the roller coaster for for uh, thirty thirty seconds or a minute. It's all, that's all they last. You know. Well, this is well, a Perry, four hour. Hey Perry, ride. thank you very much for sharing with us today. Uh, we greatly appreciate your report uh, on the record race, and of course, uh, your great descriptions of uh, of the race experience itself. Uh, we'll have Mark on next week. Uh, on the show to talk about his experience and of course uh, uh, Perry's always giving his uh, race reports and race experiences uh, here on Off-Road Live. Uh, This uh, pre-show interview uh, is uh, uh, friended by uh, Ram Trucks, Hard Rock, Marlboro, Budweiser, Red Bull, and BajaSafari.com the king of Baja, and uh, Perry McNeil, thank you so much for your report, and we'll, we look forward to having Mark on next week. Awesome. Well, thank Great. you for the invite, Mike. I appreciate, I appreciate uh, the call. Thank you. Oh, no. Thanks so much for your experience, and we'll talk to you a little bit later, Perry. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Off-Road Live.